We're going to go ahead and hit record. We got Thomas with us today, so welcome to you, Thomas. It's your first time in class, anyway, I think. Yeah. So we're glad you're here. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, we're in uh, Jeremiah 36. Did anybody get any wind damage this week? I did. I noticed up north of town those new uh, RV park thing. Like all the walls are blown over already. I was really surprised. We got a phone line laying down our yard. Do you? Across the yard. They still came out yet. At least it's not the power line. No. So. Knocked our power pole in half, snapped it right in half. Really? So that that was that was really unusual. Well, Kansas got a uh, earthquake, or not hurricane, a earthquake. Yeah, where yeah. Our kids are at. Right. No, I already made a copy. Okay. Yeah, I haven't either. So we we did our part. So I had a picture on here I wanted to show you today. I don't know if I can get my computer to go in. I think I got it. We'll see here shortly. Let's see if I got the right sequence. Uh, voila! That's the uh, Facebook page that Jim made for us. This might be a good time to. Uh, Where's the Santa hat? Yes. It's not in this one. <laughs> yeah, it's been a year now. It's hard to believe. That was a year ago. Was that a year ago? Yeah, we started the name change was January 1. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you. So let's just read the mission statement for our class. To lay the foundation of Jesus Christ in the lives of everyone in our class by teaching the Bible and establishing one another in the mutual faith and to support the mission of HBF. And uh, this is just a cool logo that Jim made, but uh, it looks like a a mountain with all the ver- the chapters of the Bible or the books of the Bible in it. I always thought it looked like a thumbprint. Huh. Um, yeah, it does. You know, uh, God's, God's thumbprint. Yeah. Words of the Bible, the books of the Bible. <laughs> so uh, anyway. I'll see if I can find this picture I was going to show you guys I was going to show it to you later but I'll just show it to you right up front here but uh, most of you know that I went to uh, Israel 
uh, I guess it'd be two years ago now, wouldn't it? Yeah, in 19. Let's see if it'll pull it up here. right there there it is so uh, I don't know if you can tell that uh, this rocky fortress looking thing this is uh, Masada it's down by the Dead Sea and when we were up in Masada there was there was a real Jewish scribe up on Masada and these these are the this is his scroll and I don't know if he went to the restroom or but he laid these up here and he wrapped them with his little cloth and I said hurry Luke you know get a picture of me by this by this uh, real live scroll so today we're talking about uh uh, Jeremiah's scribe Baruch and he uh, took a roll and made a book so there sometimes a book the scroll is called a book but the Jews you know would open a scroll and read from scripture and so here's some real live and uh, our tour guide wasn't sure what this guy was doing up there but he he was like dressed in purple like fancy Jewish clothes and he had these wood I mean, it was a it was a whole big deal. But he's just kind of up there by himself, and he laid those down to go somewhere. And I, I got a picture of him, so I wanted you to uh, see that. I'm trying to think, I think that may have been all I was going to show you. I might uh, let me look at one more thing here. I know we rehearsed uh, the Kings many times. But uh, can we get? Uh, I don't know if I have. I may not have. Uh, I may not have a signal in here, do I? Yeah. Well, that'll be locally cached. Okay. I'll put this up here, and we don't have to really spend much time on it because I feel like. We kind of get bogged down in the names of these kings, but but uh, since we are going to talk about this guy, let, let's return to Jeremiah 36. And uh, somebody read verses 1 and 2 for us, if they would. Jeremiah 36, 1 and 2. And it came to pass in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, that this word came unto Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Take thee a roll of a book, and write therein all the words that I have spoken unto thee against Israel, and against Judah, and against all the nations, from the day I spake unto thee, from the days of Josiah, even unto this day. All right, so it mentions... It mentions this guy Josiah. Pam, you probably can't even see that, can you? Can you see that? From, can you read that from there? <clears throat> so uh, Josiah had four sons, 
And uh, this Johanan, he was not a king, but this second son, Jehoiakim, is, is who Pam just read in uh, verses 1 and 2. And so God is telling Jeremiah, you take Baruch and grab this scroll and write in a book these judgments that I have against this king. Uh, we know jo- Josias was a godly man, and he really... Uh, <clears throat> He really tore down the idols. He uh, began worshiping God in sincerity and truth. But uh, Jehoiakim did not take after his dad. He kind of took more after his grandpa or great-grandpa Manasseh, who was an evil king. And so uh, shortly after Josiah's reign, uh, Jehoiakim and those that followed him began uh, idolatry again and uh, wickedness. They would not hearken to God or his prophets. And so God is pronouncing uh, evil and judgment upon them. And he tells Baruch to take this scroll and to write these things. And uh, what Pam read there was the fourth year of Jehoiakim. And uh, that was the very year, if you want to look at your handout, that was the same year that Nebuchadnezzar captured Jerusalem. So I had you put the word capture in your blank because they were taken... uh, Jerusalem was under siege and he he actually took... uh, We've all heard of the story of Daniel, like Daniel in the lion's den... This that was the first group of captives that Nebuchadnezzar from Babylon took. So um, that all happened here in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, <clears throat> and so now God is going to explain to the Jehoiakim why why all this why they were taken captive. And I thought uh, verse three. I I've got a good comment on my handout. I, I got this from somebody's somebody else's uh, preaching one time. But in verse 3, let, let's all look at this. Verse 3 of Jer, uh, Jeremiah 36. It may be that the house of Judah will hear all the evil which I purpose to do unto them, that they may return every man from his evil way, that I may forgive their iniquity and their sin. And uh, the little outline that was given to me that I put in your handout is God's written word can do three things. It prompts a response when people hear it. So prompt a response by hearing the, the written word of God. And it can produce repentance by returning. That, that's what God is wanting to do to uh, Jerusalem and Judah. And then there's a promise of restoration by forgiving. He says, if you guys will hear me, if you'll uh, return every man from his evil way, and I'll forgive your iniquity and your sin. And So anyway, I, I really like that verse. And uh, I wrote it in my Bible when I heard. I did. Usually, I try to write who was preaching this, but I heard this preach one time. And uh, anyway, that's pretty cool, isn't it? If people will hear and return, and God will forgive them. So we all we all need forgiveness. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Well, uh, now if somebody read verse four for us, uh, Jeremiah thirty six four.
Big Dave, you got it? Yeah. Did Jeremiah call Baruch? I can't pronounce that word. Baruch? Baruch. The son of Neri and Baruch wrote from the mouth of Jeremiah all the words of the Lord which he had spoke unto him upon a roll of book. All right, and if you, if you notice, I titled uh, this section of Scripture, First Jeremiah is written, and uh, some believe that, uh, you know, Baruch, you know, really writes the book of Jeremiah that we have in our hands here. Uh, but it, it does say that he wrote all the words of the Lord. So I put, I had that, you put that in the in your blank, just the word words uh, from the mouth of Jeremiah. And, and we'll talk in a minute, but this is how uh, inspiration works. <clears throat> in fact, uh, hey, hold, hold your place here and let's all look at Romans for a minute. The book of Romans uh, 16. Let's see. Who's got uh, 1622? Jim, you got that? Yep. All right. 1622. Yeah. All right. I, Tertius, who wrote this epistle, salutes you in the Lord. Whoa. I thought I thought Paul wrote the book of Romans. No, but none of us in here has heard of Tertius. Yeah. What, what's it saying there, Jim? What do you think it means? Well, I think uh, all of Paul, Paul's books pretty much were actually penned by a scribe. Okay. Uh, he just recited. Okay. So, well, that, that's exactly right. So pr- probably none of us in here thinks that Baruch wrote the book of Jeremiah but Jeremiah is the prophet he's the man of God and so as God gave his word to Jeremiah he would speak it and uh, Baruch would write it down does that make sense and and that's the same thing that, that this Tortius is saying of the book of Romans he says I wrote this Tortius is saying I wrote this epistle but uh, it's implied that you know Paul spoke the words and uh, Tortius wrote it down does that make sense to everybody I, I think it's good for us to know that uh any, any other thought? Yeah, Pat. So wouldn't that be the inspiration goes through Jeremiah and the inscripturation goes through... Yeah, right? yeah. I think that's a word that Alan Shelby kind of made up, inscripturation. It, right. It's kind of when the word, the pen and the paper. So... Uh, we're actually going to bring that up here toward the end of our lesson. A couple other things about inspiration, but you're exactly right, brother. You're exactly right. So, uh, anyway, uh, so after they write this down in verse, look at verse 5, it says, Jeremiah commanded okay back in uh, Jeremiah 36 verse 5 and Jeremiah commanded Baruch saying I am shut up I cannot go into the house of the Lord so what's happening is uh, Jeremiah is imprisoned evidently 
And so I don't know if he's speaking through the bars of the jail and Baruch is outside writing him down, but he says, now that you've written all these words, I want you to go and read it to the people in the house of the Lord. I can't go. I'm shut up. Uh, so Baruch goes and he does that. And it says in verse... Let's see. Look at verse 9. And it came to pass in the fifth year of Jehoiakim. So this is about a year after what Pam read. You know, verse 1 says it was the fourth year of Jehoiakim. Now it's the fifth year. So it took about a year for him to write all this down. In verse 9, And it came to pass in the fifth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, in the ninth month that they proclaimed a fast before the Lord to all the people in Jerusalem and to the people that came from the cities of Judah unto Jerusalem. Then read Baruch in the book the words of Jeremiah in the house of the Lord in the chamber of Gemariah, the son of Saphon, the scribe, in the high, higher court at the entry of the new gate of the Lord's house in the ears of all the people. So uh, anyway, this is kind of building up here. So they've got the written word of God. And they... Uh, hey, Nisha. Thomas with you? I may have to have you scoot over. Uh, let's let you end up here with Rosie. <coughs> It's a good problem. There you go. So good. We kind of got a full house this morning. That's good. So uh, we got some people online, Jim. Yeah, and Marcy said they're on their way. So. Okay, Marcy and Matt. So good. Well, welcome to you guys online. Hopefully, you can uh, follow along. If any, if you need uh, a copy of our handouts, let let us know. So uh, anyway, you guys, uh, you guys kind of know the story. You know, Jeremiah is pouring his heart out. He's called the weeping prophet, but the people don't hear. And uh, so that that's kind of my teaching point here. I really like this verse, if you can look at your uh, handout for just a minute. My teaching point here. I gave you a verse from Hebrews. It says, The word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith. The word faith goes in your blank. In them that heard it. So as Baruch is reading the words of the Lord... Uh, people don't really listen and people do not uh, they do not hear and return so that they can be forgiven like like we just read so I know one year I I, uh, I was one of the coaches with volleyball and that was just kind of my verse for that year just because the word of God has to be mixed with faith doesn't it we have to believe what we hear and uh, and apply it to our lives for it to, to work in our lives so anyway hey Tom morning brother do you guys get a handout Chuck you want to fix them up alright on to this next section here <clears throat> So, uh, what happens is, and if you can imagine, 
you know, the tipple mount. I'm trying to think, I probably got a picture, but um, you know, Baruch is reading the the word of Jeremiah in the ears of the people. And some of the people listening are scribes themselves. And so what happens in the next few verses is uh, those scribes, they go tell the princes and the leadership here of Judah. And so let's read 11 through 13. Uh, we're in Jeremiah 36. 11 through 13 says, When... Micaiah, the son of Jemariah, the son of Saphon, had heard out of the book all the words of the Lord. Then he went down to the king's house into the scribe's chamber, and lo, all the princes sat there, even Elishema the scribe, and Deliah, the son of Shemariah, and Elnathan, the son of Abor, Achfor, and Jemariah the son of Shaphan, and Zedekiah the son of Hananiah, and all the princes. Then Micaiah declared unto them all the words that he heard when Baruch read the book in the ears of the people. <clears throat> and so you notice it mentions some other scribes there. And uh, I put I put the word leadership in your on your handout. God's word gets the attention of the Jews' leadership structure. So you can imagine, you can imagine if I went up here to Harrisonville in the square at one of you know at the Burnt District Festival, and I got a megaphone and said, "There's a great judgment coming upon Harrisonville. God has said, repent and turn and come to the Lord. You need to be." Uh, following him with your whole heart uh, or you know God's going to do whatever uh, you know probably some of the businessmen would go talk to the mayor and the mayor would you know talk bring it so anyway it just got the attention of the leadership and these other scribes and so what I, I put on your handout I thought we would go over uh, these are some rules for being a scribe and I thought this was a good place uh, maybe to put it as we're talking about scribes because you know in the New Testament we we read about the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and maybe the Herodians and these are all the Jewish leadership structure but we maybe don't think what a scribe does but uh, basically uh, he he copies uh, God's word, and uh, but th- these are really interesting. This come from a Jewish encyclopedia, and I I can't give you the source. I I got this from somebody else. But so here's some rules for being a scribe on your handout. Uh, the skins of clean animal animals must. Uh, only must be used so you know you couldn't use a pig skin right they were considered unclean it had to be you know sheep or um, you know some clean animal that they would uh, dry and use for uh, the skins lasted longer than like paper parchment Uh, and only Jews were eligible to be a scribe uh, the strings 
I don't know what that means. Strings of clean animals? I'm not sure what I mean there. That may be a misprint. That may be skins, but autocorrect. Huh. Anyway, there was a certain number of lines per page. It had to be between 68 or 48 and 60. And the breadth of characters per page was 30 characters. So all this is pretty, uh, you know, scrutinized. And uh, if you know, uh, Jews, uh, they write from right to left instead of how we do from left to right. And it says uh, they there must have a thread or hair width between the letters, so there had to be enough spacing to be legible. They must have three lines between chapters. Uh, whole pages must be lined. I don't know what the number eight ink only must be used. Uh, scribe must be authorized to copy, so you had to you know, be instructed uh, to do so. And it says a scribe must, a scribe must be ordained uh, after their education. A scribe must be 40 years old to be ordained. So that that's interesting. Uh, so just young young folks out of school couldn't were not eligible. Uh, no word or letter could be from memory, so they had to actually look at what they were copying. And a scribe must be washed before writing, so you just couldn't wake up early in the morning, and you had to go bathe and be clean first. A scribe must wash his hands before and after writing the name of God. I, I thought that was pretty interesting because. I think the word Elohim is some 1,500 times in the Old Testament. So every time they uh, uh, run across one of God's names, or it may be that Yahweh only that they were cleaning. And they uh, there must be three checks were made per page. And if any mistake were found, the whole page must be thrown out. So that'd be discouraging, wouldn't it? You get to that last line, and you had 31 characters instead of 30. <laughs> Start over. So, took a year to write. What was that? I said that's probably why it took a year. Yeah, yeah, it took. Uh, and if you. Jump down on your back page to my teaching point here. I gave you a quote from a Jewish scribe. This is interesting. Quote from a Jewish instructor to scribe. Uh, he says, Take heed how thou doest thy work, for thy work is the work of heaven, lest thou drop or add a letter of the manuscript, and so become a destroyer of the world. So that's pretty uh, detailed, isn't it? I mean, uh, we we think we have good attention to detail, and yet uh, I know I've I've found there's lots of mistakes even in my little handouts. And so, anyway, I, I guess what I want to communicate is that uh, we we have the Word of God, don't we? That's kind of what uh, you know. Uh, the, these Jewish men. 
you know, that, that's what Romans says that uh, the Jews have given us the oracles of God. And so uh, I just wanted us to think how precious our word is today because we're getting ready to see that as this uh, as Baruch gives the word of God to the people and they escalate it to their leadership, it's going to get to the king and the king is actually going to burn this document. And so that that's what happens in the story here today. And so it's a pretty uh, serious thing. And this this uh, King Jehoiakim, he uh, was very loose with the Word of God, and he he just cut it up and burned it. So so let, let's read how that happens in verses 14 through 16. Uh, can somebody else read that 14 through 16 of Jeremiah 36? Therefore all the princes sent to Hudai, the son of Nethaniah, the son of Shalemiah, the son of Cushi, unto Baruch, saying, Take in thine hand the roll wherein thou hast read in the ears of the people, and come. So Baruch, the son of Neriah, took the roll in his hand, and came unto them. How many verses? Uh, verse 16 is the last one. And they said unto him, Sit down now, and read it in our ears. So Baruch read it in their ears. Now it came to pass when they had heard all the words, they were afraid both one and other and said unto Baruch, we will surely tell the king of all these words. Yeah, so so they're getting ready to, so they, they actually read it themselves now and uh, they begin to be afraid. Why do you think they were fearful of what they heard or read? Because they weren't obeying it. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and it was talking about ju- judgment. So I, I had you put judgment in the blank. Uh, Judah's leadership feared after hearing Baruch's read God's judgment. So so they had they heard it themselves, and and like you say, Pat, they they weren't obeying obeying what they read. And uh, and in seventeen and eighteen, uh, this is this is pretty important. Uh, Pam or Emmett, can one of you guys read uh, 17 and 18 for us? And they asked Baruch, saying, Tell us now, how didst thou write all these words at his mouth? And Baruch answered them, He pronounced all these words unto me with his mouth, and I wrote them with ink in the book. Yeah, so that that is what you were saying, Pat, uh, in scripturation. Uh, Baruch is telling I mean they're asking how did you get these words he's like Jeremiah spoke them I heard them I wrote them and here's what the God says it's written down and uh, all of us should be glad that God wrote down these words you think you know God could communicate you know he could write a message in the sky today if he wanted to or you know speak to us audibly today but isn't it better that we have the written word uh, so he doesn't have to do it again tomorrow and the next day I mean we've it's written down and preserved for us so we can read it from this day on and to to have it and to hold it so we're really uh, living in in a wonderful time and uh, but uh, I wrote second Peter 121 on here 
And this is a memory verse, I think, in Lesson 5 of Discipleship. I don't know if anybody can say it, but it starts out, Holy men of God. Does anybody... Angie got it. I should have a candy bar for you. It says uh, something like, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as, uh, as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And so my comment there is inspiration happens at the mouth, not the pen. And uh, I think that's what you were kind of saying. And the top of your second page, I've got a quote here from Peter Ruckman. He says, Inspiration is the act of the Holy Spirit breathing life into an object. And he quotes this Genesis 2-7 where... where uh, God formed man out of the dust of the earth and he breathed into him the breath of life and man became a, a living soul. And so anyway, there's lots we could uh, talk about there. We know that, uh, I mean, that that's what inspiration means. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It means God breathed it. And these holy men of God uh, spake it as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And uh, these other scribes and men of God, they wrote it down. And uh, they preserved it for us today. Amen? All right. We're kind of getting to the cool part of the story, but uh, I I learned one thing as I I read about this Jehoiakim last night. I'm I'm anxious to share it with you, but uh, I'm going to wait till we get a little further down here. But in verses 20 through 26, uh, can somebody read 20 and 21 for us? And they went into the kings, into the court, but they laid up the roll and chapter of Elisha, the scribe, and told all the words in the ears of the king. So the king said, Jehudi, yeah, whatever, to fetch the roll, and he took it out of Esh, out of Eshlon, the scribe's chamber, and whatever that guy did, he read it in the ears of the king and in the ears of the prince which stood beside the king. Yeah. How do you that guy's name? <laughs> Jim saying Jehudi. I don't know. So now, it, so it gets all the way up to the king now. And so it's been read to the people. It's been read to the, the princes and the scribes. And now the king actually hears it. And it says in verses uh, 22, Now the king sat in the winter house in the ninth month, and there was a fire on the hearth burning before him. And it came to pass that when Jehudi had read three or four leaves, he cut it with the penknife and cast it into the fire that was on the hearth until all the roll was consumed in the fire that was on the hearth. Yet they were not afraid, nor rent their garments, neither the king nor any of the servants that heard all these words. Nevertheless, Elnathan and Deliah and uh, Jeremiah, er, 
Jeremiah, Jeremiah had made intercession to the king that he would not burn the roll, but he would not hear them. But the king commanded uh, Jeremiah, the son of... Uh, let's see if I can get down there. At the end it says, they commanded them to take Baruch, the scribe, and Jeremiah, the prophet. But the Lord hid them. I think that's pretty cool, isn't it? It's like, man, if you've got the President of the United States and his FBI and Secret Service after you, they're probably going to find you, but that's kind of what happens here. And But they didn't find uh, Baruch. Uh, so anyway, right here, we find... Uh, now, th- this, this is kind of goes against some of modern day uh, scholars that would say well we we only believe the original writings to be authentic or the actual words of god well here the 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 original autograph was burned in a fire wasn't it that that's what it says jeremiah's written the very words of god I mean, that's a pretty precious document, and they just burned it. And people counseled them not to do it, and the king did it anyway. They were not afraid. And so kind of the point of this story is God is able to recreate his original because we're going to see that Jeremiah writes it again. And uh, so uh, th- this, is really, this is really a cool story. Um so I had you put the word hid in your in your blank and I was going to have you look at Zephaniah but there, there's a cool story around uh, it was around this time of Josiah one, one of his one of his prophets was named Zephaniah and uh, Zephaniah's name means hidden and so it, it's it's kind of like the Lord protected, and that that's kind of my desire for for my family, for this class, for this church. In these last days, we kind of need God's protection, don't we? We we need uh, because uh, you know a lot of society might consider us you know intolerant because we're we're holding to the Word of God. I I told you last week that. Are we having uh, technical difficulties? Sherry hit the mic. Come on, Sherry. (laughs) No, that's my fault. That's funny. Um, You know, in, in Canada, I told you last week that if a preacher speaks on Romans chapter 1 he is uh, can be fined I think it's up to a thousand dollars and the second time something else happens and the third time he goes to jail because Romans 1 talks about homosexuality and it's against the law in Canada our neighbors to the north to do that and so anyway we know uh, money's tight you know inflation's high Etc. Uh, Etc. Et and so we do need the Lord to protect us. And so we are going to, you know, keep speaking uh, the Word of God, uh, believing that He can uh, hide us or protect us, or even if uh, harm does come our way, He can uh, lead us through that. So, anyway, um, 
If you will turn to Deuteronomy 17, I thought we might talk about kings a little bit. Uh, There's a reference that something that kings are supposed to do here in Deuteronomy 17. This is even before before Israel had kings. They were just getting into the promised land. And they were going to have uh, judges shortly thereafter. And then kings. But in Deuteronomy 17... There's some instruction here, uh, starting in verse 16. Uh, Emmett, are are you there? Can you read for us today? Read uh, 16 all the way through 18. But he shall not, this is where you're at, Yeah. multiply horses to the south, nor cause the people to return to Egypt, to the end that he shall multiply horses for as much. As the Lord has said unto you, ye shall therefore return no more that way. Neither shall he multiply wives to himself, that his heart turn not away. Neither shall he greatly multiply to himself silver and gold. And it shall be when he sitteth upon the throne of his kingdom, that he shall write in a copy of this law in the out of that which is before the priest of Levites. Alright, so that verse 18 was, you know, th- this king, when he sat up on the throne, he was not supposed to cause him to go back to Egypt. He wasn't supposed to multiply horses. He wasn't supposed to have multiple wives. Uh, instead, he was supposed to sit on the throne and uh, write a copy of the book of the law. So he was. So th- this this king Jeho- Jehoiakim, he was actually given a copy of the law and he burned it instead of writing it. So this is a pretty uh, significant thing that that happened. <clears throat> and. Uh, <clears throat> Weren't all the kings supposed to do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, all the all the kings were supposed to do that and have their own handwritten copy of of the word. So, um, I think I'll wait just a minute to share this one thing because it'll kind of tie in with Christmas. But let's look at this next section back in Jeremiah thirty-six. Did that king want to burn that because he figured if he burned it, it wouldn't happen? That's a good question. I mean, it made him mad. So I don't know if he's just kind of having a fit or... David. I think your illustration of like Canada, where they take out Romans 1. They don't like what it says. They ah. hate speech. You know, so they just take it's like it cutting it out with a good knife. Well, we, we don't want any yeah. preachers to preach mm. that or we're going to jail you. Yeah. And he you kind know. of usurped his authority, too. Okay. Yeah. Do you, do you know, uh, I mean, you, you could Google this and you might get different results, but I did it once. It was probably five years ago I Googled uh, something like countries where the Bible is illegal. 
and there it was 27 back then I, I think I've heard 29 but so close to 30 countries including the very biggest one China is one of those it's against the law to have a Bible so uh, we're not talking something you know remote we're talking about in the world that we live in today and I, I guess it's for the same reasons we're saying people don't want to hear it it goes against what they believe maybe it's authority a rebellion to authority undermines communism probably it's usually a, a sin issue and we all have it I mean yeah. you know even Christians we can read over something and say mm-hmm. misdefine or just kind of ignore that part yeah that deals directly with your sin yep so yeah that's very true some some subjects that so yeah we, we need to hear the whole counsel of God and so you're not yeah yeah uh, one of the brothers here uh, just says he's not allowed to have a Bible on his desk at work. No Bible, no scripture, even on my car. <coughs> they said that if it offends anyone in the company, I can be wrote up, you know, up to a leading uh. nation. Uh. Yet yeah. the people in India have those statues. Yeah, they have their little See, shivas everywhere. Shocking, right? Hmm. Is that? Or you can probably display a flag or yeah, one of the statues that the Indian people. Have. <laughs> I was a little elephant. Yeah. The Indian people, well, they can put their statues out. Oh, you know, that yeah. shows you can't leave the cross on your neck. Yeah, yeah, you can't have a Bible or have a uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I had, I had kind of a magnetic verse on my toolbox, and I got called into yeah. HR just telling me to take that scripture off your toolbox. Yeah. So, I mean, those are, you know, that's not persecution necessarily, but it's uh, things to come. It, it, yeah. Fifty-two countries, Steve. Fifty-two. Yes, it was right there. Fifty-two countries where the Bible was illegal. Guess how many countries are in the world? Our ninety-eight. That's almost exactly right. Fifty-two, but mine says two thousand seventeen. Mine was two thousand nineteen. Nope. Uh, Chuck Swindoll has what he calls Mission One One Ninety Five. And he says 195, but it changes from time to time. So close to 200, and we're saying a fourth of them, the Bible's illegal. That's significant, a quarter of the whole world. I suppose if we're obeying this king's words, we're not going to obey that king's words. Right. Right, and that's why there's a significant work going on even in China because uh, we have a higher higher standard so you're right Pamela I guess if you go to another country you better check and make sure that you're allowed to have what you yeah, have. yeah well we know we had missionaries that moved from El Salvador to Egypt and you know you, you can preach on the street corner in El Salvador but you go to Egypt and you have to be kind of covert and uh Anyway, yeah. So, all right. Well, let's go to this uh, next section here, verses twenty-seven through thirty-one. 
of back in Jeremiah. It says, Then the word of the Lord came, in verse 27, to Jeremiah. After that, the king had burned the roll and the words which Baruch wrote at the mouth of Jeremiah, saying, here's what God's telling, verse 28, Take thee again another roll and write in it all the former words that were in the first roll which Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, hath burned. And thou shalt say to Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Thus saith the Lord, Thou hast burned this roll, saying, Why hast thou written therein, saying, The king of Babylon shall certainly come and destroy this land, and shall cause to cease from thence man and beast. So, Pam, maybe that's why uh, he burned it, is because it was written therein that the king of Babylon is going to destroy this land and cause cause thee, uh, Jehoiakim, to cease. Uh, from In verse 30, Therefore saith the Lord of the Lord of Jehoiakim, king of Judah. So it's, it's letting Jehoiakim know that God is king above him. He shall have none to sit on the throne of David, and his dead body shall be cast in the day to the heat, and in the night to the frost. And I will punish him and his seed and his servants for their iniquity, and I will bring upon them and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and upon the men of Judah all the evil that I have pronounced against them, but they hearken not. And... uh then uh, verse 32 then took Jeremiah another roll and gave it to Baruch the scribe the son of Neriah who wrote therein from the mouth of Jeremiah all the words so he, he wrote exactly what was in the other one of the book which Jehoiakim king of Judah had burned in the fire and there were added besides unto them many like words and uh, that that kind of bothered me. It's like, okay, well, God added to his words. But I, I think it was because the first words were rejected. He added in uh, some uh, judgment or some uh, punishment uh, because they were rejected. So, uh, so the point there is, in fact... Uh, let, let's all turn. We, we've got time here. Let's go back to Deuteronomy for a minute. We're going to go actually, actually Exodus, our second book of our Bible. Hopefully, you guys at home and on Facebook can follow along here a little bit. But this is going to sound familiar. Go to Exodus thirty, thirty-two. And uh, I would ask, how many in here have seen the movie The Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston? So most of us. Well, that's good. Okay. So you you'll re- you might remember that. I can I can picture this happening. Uh, Jim, would you read Exodus thirty two verse nineteen and then yeah verse nineteen. Nineteen. Yeah. Oh wait, Yeah. And it came to pass, as soon as he came nigh into the camp, that he saw the calf and the dancing, and Moses' anger waxed hot, and he cast the tables out of his hands and brake them beneath the mouth. 
Yeah, so there's there's a little joke. You know, who was the most wicked man in the Old Testament? It was Moses because he broke all the commandments at one time. So that's the joke. He he wasn't a wicked man, but he did break the Ten Commandments. He threw them down. And now uh, turn over to chapter 34 of Exodus. Exodus 34 and verse 1, it says... And the Lord said unto Moses, Hew thee two tables of stone like unto the first, and I will write upon these tables the words that were in the first tables which thou breakest. And so almost this exact same thing that happens to Jeremiah, the scroll, the roll was burnt, it was destroyed, and so God just made a new, and that's exactly what happens with Moses as he broke the Ten Commandments uh, because of the wickedness of the people. God just instructed him, hey, I I can write that again. I can... I can reproduce the originals without having the original. Does that make sense? And uh, so let, let's uh, let, let's all turn to Matthew chapter one. I think this is the right time to bring this up. In Matthew chapter one, this is what Brian's been uh, preaching on Sunday morning: the uh, birth of Christ. Because I want you guys to see, you know, uh, our, our church teaches some rules of Bible study here. And we have, you know, like a principle of first mention, the first time something mentioned in the Bible. And one of the principles I try to look for, and it, it's not always, but sometimes we can learn things, not only what the Bible says, but maybe some things that it doesn't say. And as we as we look at Matthew chapter 1, and let's go to verse 10. And, and this is the, the lineage. In fact, if you go to verse 7, it says, And Solomon begat Rehoboam, and, and it goes down through and it, it lists the, these are all this is the lineage of Christ this is the, the kingly heritage that gives him uh, legal right to the throne and if you look down to verse 11 it says and Josias begat Jeconias you see this right here Josias is Josiah. Whoop! How did I, oh, I, I leaned on my keyboard. I thought, how did I do that? Uh, and right here is Jeconiah. And so it doesn't mention Jehoiakim here. In the that, that's kind of my point here. This king is so wicked, he's actually in the genealogy of Christ, but the Gospel of Matthew leaves out his name. You see that? That's pretty, that's pretty wild, isn't it? Uh, as, we, as we read the genealogy, there's like uh, four or five or six kings that are actually omitted from the genealogy of Christ. 
And I believe that this guy was omitted because he burned the, the Word of God. And that's, uh, that's pretty heavy, isn't it? It's like God kind of got the last laugh there, didn't he, Jehoiakim? It's like throwing acid in his face. It's like throwing acid in God's face. Uh-huh. It's like, okay. Yeah. Just kind of blot out your name. <laughs> Anyway, that was the thing I read last night uh, that I thought was just really interesting. Uh, so it, it makes you a little bit fearful. If, if you look at your uh, handout there, uh, I gave you the teaching point was Proverbs thirteen thirteen: 13, uh, Whoso despiseth the word shall be destroyed. So that that's pretty strong. In fact, I, I was reading this morning in John chapter 12, and the last couple verses is where if you reject me and my words, you know, the words are what he's going to use to judge you by. You're, you're judged by his words. You, you have one that judges you, even the words of the Lord. So anyway, uh, this this verse 32 is Jeremiah had given Baruch another another role, and Baruch scribed. He wrote down all the words of the book that were burned, and he added many like words. So God added additional words because the king rejected the first message. And then uh, let's look at Psalm 12, and then we'll we'll quit here. I want to quit a little bit early. Uh, Angie brought a few snacks, and so if anybody wants some snacks, somebody else brought some too. Oh, and somebody else brought some snacks. So thank you for doing that. But let's look at Psalms chapter 12, or the 12th Psalm. And uh, Tom. Uh, Tom Mayer, would you read verse 6 and 7 for us? Uh, Psalm 12, verse 6 and 7. So, my teaching point for you there was just God is able to preserve His words. Just put the word preserve in your blank. And uh, that is the issue, guys. I, th- I think most, almost every Christian would say God is the author of the Bible. The Bible is God's Word. But not all Christians would agree that He's preserved it and given us an exact copy in the English language that we can all look at and see. But uh, hopefully we learn from today with uh, Jeremiah and Baruch and this uh, King Jehoiakim that God is able to reproduce and deliver a copy of His words, God's actual words, in a book. And uh, we, we believe that our King James authorized version of 1611 is the the very words of God and we can uh, have them and read them and we, we don't want to uh, 
we don't want to despise his word and be destroyed like Jehoiakim was. So let's uh, let's have a word of prayer. Uh, Thomas, thank you for being here today. Brother, hope you enjoyed it. Hope you'll come back. Hope everybody has a good uh, Christmas and holidays. Uh, next Sunday, we only have main service at 1030. So there's no class next Sunday at 9. So thank you for joining us on Facebook. So there's no 9 o'clock? There's no 9 o'clock? Anything. Anything next week. Show up at? Just show up at 1030. It's a day after Christmas. Oh, cool. All right. So people, the praise team gets a break a little bit and sound booth. and uh, So anyway, uh, if you didn't know, Tom and Nisha got married here a week or two ago. So congratulate them. And... Uh, Let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer and then uh, stay around and have some snacks. Uh, Heavenly Father, we uh, thank you for your words. We thank you for this story that just illustrates, uh, gosh, just uh, it's it's still just a little bit of mystery how you communicated with Jeremiah, this godly man who was just consecrated and separated to you. And uh, it broke his heart to have to communicate your words but he did it faithfully and uh, Baruch this faithful scribe uh, wrote the very words down and and uh, they had to do it a second time but Lord we have those exact words that you spoke to Jeremiah some 3,000 years ago and uh, 2,500 but Lord uh, thank you for that thank you for giving us this book that we can kind of study and read and talk about here in the safety of of this uh, church and Lord we thank you that this church does want to uh, propagate your words and communicate it to the souls of men and just any that will hear and return Lord they they can be forgiven and so Lord we thank you for that promise as we uh, think about Christmas and the birth of Christ and his coming to this world and uh, living a perfect sinless life and dying for our sins that we uh, we don't have to die we can have eternal life and so Lord thank you for that and uh, we love you and dismiss us now with your blessing in Jesus name amen 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 a couple new people